This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. <laughs> should I say something? Are we live yeah. yet? You probably should do, yeah. Oh, fantastic! This this is I mean this is a new record for the worst intro. I thought two weeks ago was rubbish, but you are listening to the somehow award-nominated to Hunter <laughs> podcast, uh, sponsored by Old Logical Bar and Kingfisher. I am your fantastic professional host, Nathaniel Wisso. This is the 100th episode, so along with Will and Ant, our panel members, we have uh, special guests: Old Grandpa Joe. Uh, Sam from the Tigers Newsroom, who are also nominated for the Football Content Awards this year. And we have Marcus of The Whole Boy. So uh, three uh, newcomers. Uh, how are you tonight? Feeling good? Yeah, good. really good. Thank you for having me on. Probably feeling a bit better than I am at the moment. But uh, let's just launch <sighs> straight into it. Get past, get past the intro. How have we got to 100 episodes, really? I it's don't more know. as well. It's 100 main episodes. It's probably about 120 odd. I can't oh, believe yeah. you let me host some, you know, episodes just by myself. I need someone uh, well, here to, you know, supervise me. It's that comedic value that, that, that adds adds that award-winning bit to it. That, that's what's winning us the content. <laughs> we have one and now he's muted himself. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's muted himself. This is good. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Am I unmuted? I, I think that might have actually just been when I muted myself for the intro a minute and a half ago. It, it, that My computer is that slow. So I'll just ask someone a question. Will, thoughts on the Southampton game? <laughs> just take the baton away from me. Um, and yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was good performance in the first half. Um, classic 20 minutes in, going behind. Um, and then for the first half of the second half, I know great 
another positive bit of football, but wasting chance after chance after chance. And then at the end, for the last 20 minutes, we decided to stop playing football and let them win it. Hmm. I, well, I I'd like to say I I agree with your point there, but the intro music keeps playing in my head, so I can't hear a word <laughs> you're saying. So, Ant, I'm just going to go to you next. <laughs> yeah, I echo what Will says. Um, first half, I thought was really promising. I mean, this is a side that, you know, similar to Leeds and Leicester, have got um, Premier League players listed throughout. Um, it's a team that's going to be very pass base for the rest of the season. I was expecting quite a boring pass fest. We didn't get that. Um, we got quite an entertaining high, uh, end-to-end game, I thought. Um, what impressed me was the, the the balance of having two natural wingers on each side. Uh, Lakilo and Philogene, I thought, gave us good options uh, in terms of wit. Um, but then, like Will said, towards the last 20 minutes or so, I think we were just tired. Um, and Southampton do what Southampton do best, kept possession, kept control of the game, and then a couple of you know defensive lapses for both of their goals and, and we've lost it in the last nine seconds. I think that's what will be most um, frustrating for Rosie will be that you couldn't have seen it out for the last 20 seconds or so. You know, you've lost the game um, literally at the death. Um, and, and, and considering the amount of chances we had as well, it's really disappointing. So uh, definitely need to finish on our, uh, where can I finish in, sorry, and um, the results should come because our home form has been really, really poor this season. Yeah, uh, Marcus, uh, tell us a little bit about how you saw the game and um, did you enjoy it watching two position-based teams go at each other? Well, to be honest, it was it, to watch it was a fantastic game and I don't think the atmosphere was that good because everyone was concentrating on watching it. I think the problem is, is us taking chances because we've had so many opportunities in that few last home games but for some reason we're taking that extra touch or the extra pass whereas I think there was a chance where Lakilo had it one-on-one, Delap had it one-on-one and uh, we should have should have buried it. Mm. Well, there was even one chance where Philogene sort of accidentally blocked a shot that was maybe going in. So, uh, Sam, uh, what were your thoughts on the Southampton game? Is it d- disappointing to to lose it so late because a, a point would have been pretty decent against uh, a relegated team? Well, I, I was I was gutted. Um, I was actually going to stall out if I had have gone to uh, say mm. bye to Marcus. I was just I was, I was gutted. Um, like Marcus said, we're just not taking our chances, and it's uh, it's 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 fosters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not a good, not a good uh, way to end, really. No, no, uh, Joe. Um, should we consider? Was it a bit too early to think about a certain Colombian striker that we actually have at the club, and maybe what we could do with him in January? You pose a brilliant question there. You pose an absolutely fantastic. Thank you. In there um the answer is yes and no for me because i think there's a reason oscar went and that is to me because he doesn't really fit rossini's system but on the flip side of that i look back to the rotherham home game last season where so on so many occasions the ball was just it, it was like pinball in, our, in you know, the Rotherham penalty area. And I thought, chances are, if we've got Oscar Estupinian, who was injured at the time, on that pitch, with his eye for goal and his, and his ability as a poacher, chances are that ball falls to him in the penalty area at least once. And at that point, Oscar in the penalty area, you back him against anyone. Hmm. But 
in terms of fitting the system and stuff like that, I think Delapa and Connolly are better suited to it. But I think an alternative to the two of them, because I thought when both Delapa and Connolly were starting, the bench was quite weak in terms of bringing on a goal scorer. Yes, we had you know players like Sinek, Lakilo, etc. on there. But there's no striker to bring off the bench when we've got both Delap and Connolly on the pitch to change a game. Yeah. And what stood out to me yesterday was there's a clip that's gone viral a little bit uh, around the the whole city cesspits of Twitter. Okay. And it's of Philogene charging forward about 15, 20 minutes to go in the game, chasing a winner. He beats Ryan Manning, but there's no one up there with him. Connolly's just jogging, two fans walking up there. He's got no one there with him. And he has to sort of stop and sort of signal to players to get forward and help him. He literally shrugs at one point, didn't he? It was mad how few people were going forward at times. It's kind of clear how much better he is as a forward player than or talented that compared to the rest of the team that he in that moment he was literally a one-man team, essentially, for about 20 seconds. And I think in terms of creating chances, we're, we're not far off. We're, mm. we're making opportunities. I thought at times in the first half yesterday, the game passed twine by a little bit. But also, at times later in the half, with movement off the ball I picked up on, it created some nice space for all the players. I thought our changes didn't impact the game at all. Um, Southampton, I think, down their right-hand side had it far too easy. The fact that Vinagra, both goals came from down his side. And I think that doesn't really bode well. And I think it's interesting how we've signed, well, we've loaned Brandon Fleming out. We've signed a left-back from Brighton, James Furlong, who was very, very highly rated there. Signed a new contract in this summer just gone or the one before and he hasn't played yet he's favoured Greaves he's favoured Coyle he's favoured Christie but I think the Birmingham game is a good chance to throw him in because we're coming off the back of a defeat yeah uh, coming off the back of two defeats in in three and the goals we've conceded in those you can pick holes in quite a lot of them so it and Racine, you said about Fairlong pre-Millwall, you've got to pick the right time to give young players debuts. And I think Birmingham, coming in under Wayne Rooney, they'll be trying to adjust to his ways. And I think they'll be a weaker team with Rooney in charge than they would have been had we played him under John Eustace. So I think... Definitely. It's such a weird move, that. Really weird move. I think if I'm Racine, I took James Fairlong in for his debut. Yeah. Well, I agree that left-back, we haven't been great. What I'd suggest to help the defence is for the third season in a row around this stage of the season, bring in Sean McLaughlin and we'll probably improve defensively. And why do you think he's not playing? Because maybe Greaves at left-back would give us that solidity. Uh, I can't remember if it was actually confirmed by Rosie himself, but I, I know he said that he wanted to have one-on-one chats with every player in the summer to let them know, obviously, what the plans were. Everything like that. And I think Greaves has turned around and said, I want to play in my natural position as a centre-half. Um, unfortunately for Maka, that means that he's playing ahead of him. Um, Greaves is good in that left-back position. I think he'd have still struggled against Southampton because they were very quick. Um, I just think, obviously, position, positioning-wise, 
he's a lot better. Vinagre is just so exposed all the time. I think it worked with Vinagre when you had Slater above him because he kind of covered for him. Um, but without Slater and you know having Philogene above him, who does actually track back and do a lot of defensive graft, um, it was it was just too easy to get him behind on that side. And I just think that with, I can imagine he's probably on quite high wages. I think the buyout something like fifteen million in summer. I can't see a fifteen million pound player there for me at all. I can't see a three million pound player there because um, I mean you can. I mean, we said it at the game, um, you can kind of forgive his defensive lapses if he was any good going forwards. And he was just so wasteful in all his crosses. Like, the, 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 the decision-making of his in the final third was atrocious. Like, he's, he, he got into really good positions numerous times in the game and then would choose the wrong cross every single time. Like, you, on, on, on the law of average, one of those is going to be a decent cross. And he didn't even manage that. Like he, he, he drilled it high when he should have put it low, and, and vice versa. And um, it was just confusing. And I just think that left back is still a proper position for us. Wasn't there a cross where he put it in and it went? There were a load of bodies in the middle, and he managed to get it pinpoint exactly right through the middle of every single one of them, dividing the box into two in terms of bodies, more or less. Yeah, and there was one time he even shot at the keeper from pretty much the throwing line, and you just think, yeah, what, what are you doing? I, I, it's just, you know, I, I was saying that I think when you look back at it, obviously with hindsight, at the time, Ruben Wagner is a player that you're going to be like 100% yell at sign in, but George Cox just looked twice the player he did, and it's a shame that we didn't go in for him, obviously, looking back at it now, like we say, hindsight's a good thing, but um, real shame that we probably can't go back in from I think we've got a new club, but left back's definitely yeah, trying to in January. Mm. Yeah, he looked a little bit better. Uh, Will, uh, just to go back a bit with the ruthlessness, um, is it that is it anything to do with the system or is it just that with some young players maybe up front lacking a bit of confidence? I don't think it is to do with the system because there was a few chances that we had and we just didn't put them away. Like There was a couple of times where the lap managed to get through on goal and took too many touches to have a shot. And you think that someone who was having such a good international break Scored, he scored and got a couple of assists. Would you know have a bit more confidence and would take it on in front of goal? But we seem to want to almost walk it in at some at times when we just need to have a go, and I think that's the issue. It's just the players on the pitch seem to want to stick to like walking it in to a point that they're ignoring actual other chances that are there. Mm. Yeah, we're like we're like prime Arsenal in 2000. Seven or something, or twelve, and they were rubbish, and just had to walk it in. No end product, yeah. Um, Marcus, uh, what did you think about the substitutes? Because I saw some people talk about that they were the wrong ones, but two fan on and that sort of thing, Connolly on, seemed pretty obvious. So, where are you with Rossini and his substitutions at the moment? Well, I think the substitutions didn't really help, but obviously Jason Lakeela had to be taken off, and I think that's gutting because our attack yesterday is yeah well I think the thing is our attack is the best we've had for years and that's the truth when are we going to get another Liam Delap on low and Philogy and he's like a, an artist up front and uh, so that's completely on a tangent from your question sorry but so, um, well, it's all about Marcus <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. it's strange really um, I think Ozan coming back from an injury it's going to take time for him to settle back into the squad but I think we have to be starting soon um, I think more players I think should be on the bench is Harry Vaughan and James Furlong for me um, I think we all can agree we want him to do well but how long 
until maybe January or probably the summer where he's going to go um, away from the club. And players like Harry Vaughan and James Furlong, who were here for a long time, I'd love to see them on the pitch. But, um, yeah, it's Liam Rossini. I love Liam Rossini. I think a lot of people are saying things on Twitter, but for me, he's a fantastic manager and we just need to give him time. Um, again, another tangent. I don't know what I'm on about at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's relevant. I mean, the thing is, it's relevant because at, at the end of the day, Rosini is getting stick for the players' decision-making and that's not his fault. The system is clearly working because we're creating the chances. I'd be more worried if we were we were losing games and drawing games, but not getting into these positions where yeah. we are. It's just that the players themselves are obviously, I don't know whether they're getting confused, they're lacking the confidence or they're just thinking... You know, I, I want to do one more pass. I want to provide for my teammate rather than take it on himself. Because for me, like the lap, he's got an absolute cannon of a right foot. And he just never uses it. He's a striker and you're just thinking, just shoot. He's just throwing goal. And he, he tries to take it around the keeper and do a Man City. I suppose that's where he I plays. Do, I do find it hilarious that people are criticising the substitutions for the point of, so you're saying you wouldn't have brought on Ozan at about an hour in and you wouldn't yeah. have brought on Connolly and you wouldn't have... Christie wasn't having the greatest game. He was on a booking... And he was he was getting beaten quite a few times, so I understand just replacing him with Coyle. Those at the time seemed like sensible substitutions, and people just say now in hindsight, oh, there were poor substitutions. Like they wouldn't have made some of those changes anyway. The subs were right; it was just the shape needed changing. We, we did yeah. like for like when it was clear that, that, that at the time the system we were playing wasn't working, so we needed to try and shift it. I'd have gone three five two, and put and done what I usually yeah. does with putting Coyle at the back alongside Greaves and Jones. Um, and then let the let the wingers be the wing backs and try and overload the midfield because it just it, I mean again with the subs Connolly and Tufan when they came on they were just strangely absent I don't know what it was but they just seemed I mean the ball Bell, bounced yeah, off Connolly Connolly the first thing he did was he gave the ball away then gave a foul away and then the next two times he touched the ball he gave it away instantly and then Tufan was basically just walking about I don't know if he was just not match it at all and shouldn't have been anywhere well, near the sub bench but he just did he well just you should like know man you should you you should know yeah, why no, he was doing yeah, that yeah yeah i thought we'd seen the end of that one well it's the 100th but, episode so we've got to bring back all these cliches <laughs> all that's missing is the long one in it but um but you no, can get a mention you can get a mention if you want <laughs> oh yeah yeah but uh, the subs were right it's just we needed to change the shape for me I think yeah, I was jumping with before the game. Um, Marcus will know Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, <laughs> me and Bill, uh, an older bloke who goes early, uh, we had a chat to Harry Vaughan. Uh, we, like, Marcus and I get on quite well with Harry. Um, first of all, I, uh, I saw a Harry Vaughan fan page ish kind of TikTok a few weeks ago, and he was loving that someone said out of backside um, and a woman's chest or personality, they'd prefer Harry Vaughan. So <laughs> what? what? I know, tangent. But anyway, back to the point. Um, yeah. Harry told Bill that he asked to play in the under-21s game against Barnsley on Thursday, or not on Thursday, on Tuesday, sorry, because he, he's been out for a while, mm -hmm. uh, getting some match minutes. He hasn't started a game since the opening day. And Rosinha said, no, we need you fit for games. But I don't quite see how that works when he hasn't come off the bench since Blackburn, off the top of my head. Well, he's been and, injured, hasn't he? 
He has been injured, very true. But I thought that it was an, it was an international break. Surely that would be a, a good means of yeah. giving players like Vaughan, who've been absent, um, Doherty some minutes. Cynic wasn't on international duty. I was going to say Fairlong, but he was out on international, so he was still playing games regardless. But I thought that was interesting how Harry, who hasn't been picked for a few weeks, be it injury-related or be it just selection, it was the latter yesterday, asked to play in this game to get him to keep himself sharp and Rossini just flat-out refused. Mm. The way yeah, that I'm surprised Rossini the Cynic didn't play. The way that Rossini awarded it in the post-match press conference um, suggested that Vaughan's pulling going to be involved against Birmingham. So I'm... I'm, I'm I'm wondering on did that have uh, an effect on his thinking, but at least it is last week, it's Thursday to Wednesday. Mm, yeah, uh, Sam, I think with Rossinia, I don't know whether up to four to six games under him now, probably around 35 40 now, and we're probably roughly top or tenth ish. So, uh, what are your thoughts on him so far? And are you going to give him a bit more time than some people are giving him on Twitter? Uh, I mean, I, I like him, I think. What he's done since coming in has been, um, you know, it's, it's a new. We just look so much better than the previous managers, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, I do like him. I think he's, um, I think he's good, and I, I like what he's what he's doing with the club and how he's, you know, how he's um, shaping us up, and how mm-hmm. how we just look. I I think we should give him a chance, you know. So obviously the results are, are coming in, like two, you know, they're not coming at the moment. But I do think that um, I, I do think we should give him a chance to, you know, just to uh, see what happens, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the key is just finding those goals because same with last season, there's been too many draws. But I mean, I know we lost to Reading last year, but then there was there was Middlesbrough, there was Burnley. Um, and then this year it's been Southampton, Norwich and Ipswich and they're all very good teams quite near the top or perhaps will be. So maybe just with who we've lost to means we're a difficult side to beat and that, that shows that maybe some people have been overacting a little bit. I'll just open that to whoever wants to go oh, on that because I think well, we're doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, two, of were, two of the losses were in the last, last the game pretty much as well. There's last three. Um, mm. The idea that Rossini, the uh, people, I do, it's utterly stupid at this point to suggest to suggest Rossini's head. I find because are people forgetting how poor we were a year just over a year ago? Yeah. Rubbish, complete rubbish, aren't we? But um, I mean, we're, we're pretty much where everyone else is in the league. There, there were some teams like Leicester and Ipswich who were right at the top who are going to have good seasons. But so long as we're probably where we are uh, until the last 10 games or after January, when we might bring in, you know, a striker or a defensive midfielder if we need them, that's roughly where we need to be. And a lot of that's people the biggest said, positive at the minute is the fact that we're so, we're, we're, we're so very near where we want to be as a team in terms of 10 so draws. Close. The wins We've not and lost any ground, have we? Something off, off third. So mm-hmm. it just shows that eventually, when it clicks, hopefully it does, um, that we'll be up, up there and thereabouts. It's just that, obviously, I mean, you can understand people's frustrations. I mean, since he's come in, what have, um, 
draw rate, I think his draw percentage as a manager of us is something like 45%. So he's almost drawn half of the games he's been manager of. But losing half of the defeats. Yeah. Let's be honest. So it's it's one of those where I don't think calling for his head this soon into the season is, is a very wise thing to do. But it is okay to sort of question. I mean, you know, how, how are we going to turn these draws into wins? Because I mean, the home form is a is a trace. Was it seven seven points from eighteen or something like that? Um, like that yeah. Two wins in the last I nine think, overall. So you know, it's, it's starting to slack off a bit. But I do think we're missing Slater. We did miss two fan obviously when he started the season fit, and it's just another case of injuries have derailed us again. Um, but I think he, he he'll know the issues that we've got at the minute, especially when it comes January. I think left back needs sorting. And possibly a different kind of striker, um, like we say. Because, I mean, I, I think Oscar Berry is at least one or two of those chances, <laughs> which is the thing. Like we say, yeah, he, he doesn't fit the Plymouth. system. He doesn't fit the system that Rosini wants to play. He probably won't hold the ball up as good as any of the strikers we've got. But if you give him a chance, he scores it. And, and that was the kind of striker we needed yesterday. Um, so it's just one of those, isn't it? If our home form and away form was flipped... And we had won three at home and only lost like one away, you know, drawn for them, won, won one drawn far away. People would not be acting like they are, some people. Yeah. It's just frustrating when you go to the home games, like I only Absolutely. go to the home games and I you don't see us win. If the home form was good and the away form was there's only you flip the map, I bet you the there would be there would still be criticism and right the turf for some of the performances, but there wouldn't be people calling for his head. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've they got a very also, sort of. Also, on the, I wonder, from my memory, most people at the start of the season predicted us to finish like eighth to twelfth. Let's say, I'd say, like a lot of people predicted us to finish in that range. And now they're acting like they all like we should be in the top five, and we're letting we're we're appalled. Where, where did that sudden change in expectation come from? Yeah. I guess Philogene's been so good, he's been carrying our hopes. Um, this this is kind of a difficult question, but we've been talking about these strikers fitting the system. If these, you know, Conley and Delap fit the system and Twine and all that, how come we can't beat anyone at home and we still think we could get Oscar in, you know? Because at least he scored. Explain that, anyone. Must be the kit. I mean, last year, same the year before that, we couldn't win when we were in the home kit. So I say... Get the blue kit on and uh, yeah, right. shot the away or Lambert kit on. Yeah, <laughs> we'd be better. We'd be better than that. No, yeah. I think I think our home form is poor. Um, a lot of people try and stay positive, saying it's only uh, one loss, but we've only had one win, I suppose. But um, uh, it's, it's a strange. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's strange that we've got such a good squad on paper. If you'd have told me three or four years ago, we had Seri, who was linked to Barcelona, Philogene, if you'd explain how good he was, and players like Tyler Morton, who's under the books of Liverpool. You know, we should be higher up, but I, I'm trying to stay positive. I mean, we're only one win off playoffs, aren't we, at the end of the day? And everyone's, you know, arguing and barging on Twitter, but we have to stay positive. I mean, I didn't expect us to get playoffs. I mean, mid-table for me, it's good to build ourselves, make us an established high-end championship club and see from there. Because if we get promoted this season, I think we can all agree we do well, a lot. Yeah, it, it just yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't end up how we want to be. I'd rather be an established championship club and then if we do get promoted, try and be a team to stay up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I definitely agree with that. Uh, does anyone else have anything to mention about the Southampton game? Maybe we can end on a positive because, you know, it's not nice to lose in the last minute again. Any positives uh, from the Southampton game, anyone? Uh, <laughs> no. The uh, lap got his first goal in front of the home crowd. Yes, he did. That's good. Twine, Twine, Twine was involved in a goal, and he could have had an assist. I mean, it bounced off Philogene, but you know, that I, I thought it's very rare. I think the last like few goals we've scored, maybe six or so, both at Millwall and Plymouth was sort of a mistake, and then all of them at Stoke were sort of long balls. We, we've not actually scored a goal playing out from the back for a while, so it was actually nice to see the system with senior so loves. The third one at Stoke was. Yeah, but that was a massive deflection, wasn't it? So I guess a bit of the luck, but yeah, you're quite right. Leicester still claimed it, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah quite not? right. Quite right. My, my positive would be that I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm turning into a huge fanboy for Tyler Morton. I just think he's fantastic. Oh, I think he is. He's, he's been the kind of midfielder we've been after for a long time. Um, I just think going forwards and possession-wise, I think what Seri does is... He likes to drop deep and he likes to do the link-up play to get us out of defence, whereas he's, he's, he's quite reluctant to play those risky forward balls or fast enough to get it out wide to get, really get us on the counter. With Morton, when he's on the ball, his first thought is, where am I going? And it's forwards. He wants to get it out wide as quick as he can or to somebody's to lap's feet up front. And it's, it's, it's that fast, progressive sort of passing that we want. And I think him alongside Seri's working really well, which when you, know, when you think about it, it shouldn't because they're two possession kind of players, but Seri's more of a sit deep, whereas Morton likes to push on. So they complement each other perfectly. It kind of makes the perfect midfield for us sitting. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Morton. I think he's going to be really good for the season. We sort of need a 12th player, don't we, to get Seri, Morton, Slater, and one of two fan Twine or Triora all in the field at once. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know a certain player that's on loan at Millwall that can basically play every no, position. No, 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 no. Zian Fleming. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sign him in January. Uh, well, I think... I, I will back you up in the front of I do, um, I do quite like Ryan Longman. I think... Yeah, well, he, you can come he back on. While he was here. Great, um, great. He's a sound bloke as well. He's a, hmm. he's a very sound bloke. Last time I saw Ryan, um, me and Marcus were talking to him about his upcoming holiday in Greece. I don't like how he snake Rossini though in an interview when he joined Millwall, saying he's here. Yeah, he's club not to play round the back football. I mean, he's coming back next season, and um, I think I don't think he is. He will be for some time. To be fair, though, we could get some good money for him. I think that needs to be a positive. Um, I don't know how much we signed him for, but uh, we'll definitely make Ball some profit. Yeah, we'll yeah. How long has he got on his contract? He'll probably have a, this season and an extension. Probably is. I guess. contract at the end of next season plus an extension. Yeah. Okay, so not not a huge uh, not a huge amount, but not too uh, too little either. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, as it's the 100th episode, I think we can move on from Southampton. Uh, I think it's just, you know, pertinent not only to reflect on how far we've come uh, as a podcast ourselves, but how far the club has come. And you know, we've had a few managers, uh, you know, uh, over the course of that 100 episodes. Um, can anyone guess at, uh, of course, Will and Ant will probably be able to remember, but what was the game that they would have been discussing in the first episode? And, and I'll let you in a bit talk about, or, or was it, Will, where you were recording the first episode from? Oh, well? I don't even know. I'm not going to mention that again, I was. Oh, I think it's the hundredth episode, so we've got to we've got to do it. So, Marcus, Sam, Joe, do you want to have a guess at what the game was uh, in the League One season? Uh, have a look at the fixture. Well, that would be cheating, wouldn't it? Really, just I just want a random it was, guess. It was December, if that helps, I believe. I think it was December, oh, wasn't it? It was. It was the sixth. I think there was a game on the fifth, and uh, the first ever episode was the 6th of December. Fair, I told me that information, I won't look at the fixture list. It was a one all draw. I know what it was, but I'm a sad to know about. It was a, an away one all draw. Yeah. Uh, Is it also the only game that season that had fans at it? <laughs> quite right, Joe. It was a lovely goal from Greg Doherty uh, to equalise on the volley. Yeah, so uh, Sam, I'll, I'll come to you. Uh, we still have to remember that, of course, things could be very different. And Ajahn has come in and brought a, a whole lot of positivity to the club. So, do you want to just say a few words on you know where we've come in those sort of three years or almost three years? Yeah, um, obviously we've come a long way since since back then. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, obviously it was a bad time before and just i think everything that's everything he's done since coming in has been just positive and i can't really you know it's just just great really yeah i don't really know like, how to it's just been a, a positive uh swing of atmosphere and uh just to feel like we've got the club back yeah marcus can you believe that you know now rather than thinking about whether we were going to get promoted back to the championship we're sort of frustrated we're not in the playoffs in the championship. Nah, it's it's genuinely crazy to be honest, and it's mad that people still complaining on Twitter after things that have happened years ago, and we're complaining losing to Southampton. Well, three or four years ago, that score could have been in double figures. So you have to stay positive. Um, you know, Ajahn is brilliant. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. What he's done for the club is something you dream of. We found the right person who has the right morals around the club. And uh, I generally think that our future is in a safe hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite right. Uh, Will and Ant, do you want to talk about that first episode for a bit? <laughs> I, I remember. I remember. I remember completely overthinking everything that I wanted to say. Um, 
I think if it had been video, we'd have never done it. Um, oh, it no was, chance. Yeah, it, it, but back then it was literally on Anchor. I think it's rebranded now. Um, it's past Spotify so, now. Yeah, so it's um, it was literally just like a phone call, but um, we didn't really think out equipment or anything like that. We literally just did it off phones, and Will literally did it off his phone on little earbuds, uh, and had to go out to his car to record it in like the middle of the night as well. So it must have been freezing, but. You know, it like there, but it was freezing cold. <laughs> but it's mad to think about it when you when, when you look back at that episode and you look like obviously you know where we where how many episodes we've done it and where we've come and and, and attending award ceremonies like the FCAs. It's, it's going to be great that we've got another city content creator there this year because obviously we were on a table full of Birmingham City uh, representatives last season, which was a good thing because it was free beer on the table and none of them were allowed to drink. So I mean, we'll add it on. Oh, it was uh, delightful. <laughs> but it'd be nice if they could sit us on the same table this year, obviously, with the Tigers newsroom. And I assume both Marcus and Samuel are going. Yeah, yeah. 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 Be yeah. It'd be great. I mean, you you two, it's your first time, so you'll you'll absolutely be astounded with it. I just think it's absolutely amazing. And like we say, when you look back at that episode and how me, Will, and Joel thought that we'd probably do two or three episodes max because no one would listen to us, and then to to where we are now it's pretty crazy i think we've been streamed in 60 odd different countries and and over thirty-five thousand views or something like that so yeah it's a bit mad not that we're counting i need no i mean it's it's, it's actually it'll be more than that because it was it, it, it we obviously moved over to aircast when we we came became part of the fan network so it's um i think in terms of the the, the downloads for audio it's like over nearly forty thousand, and then obviously youtube's separate so it's, i can't bother to add it all together but it's a lot which is a good thing because we never thought we'd have a lot so here we are <laughs> alex has said Hi. that the podcast has come so far and now plays for the club yeah look see exactly it gives you such phenomenal um opportunities and um i promise i'll get my fitness up and, and work out here Ozan Tufan and Ryan Woods sat here talking about it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will, did you want to say something? Yeah, I, I need to go back and listen to that first episode to see how appalling it is. I listened to the first oh, 10 exactly. seconds and I switched off. <laughs> that was just because I had to come up in and do this, to be fair. Uh, but, it's, you know, I just thought I, you know, it sounded funny like that. Um, I think... Uh, Joe, this will be a question for you. Lucas wants to ask about Jaden Chibanga. I know you oh, cover the. Okay. I don't know if you go down that far, but he's shining for the under 18s. So, any um, thoughts on him before yeah, we, we move uh, on to uh, Birmingham? We need to talk more about the youth side. I think uh, it's something we need to have a look at. A bit well, more, this is. Well, Lucas has put this question in because um, I've had a run with him in the past, uh, but we won't talk about that. Um, I can explain that after the stream. Uh, regarding, regarding um stuff like, like Marcus knows. Mar <laughs> Marcus knows Marcus knows full well what it is. Um but in terms of the academy, um I do some of the writing for the to pull them back website. And the academy and the under twenty ones is something I take I take great uh, great pride in it. And it's an area of the club that is covered far, far, far too little. And I go to yeah. every home game, give or take the odd one or two. And I think if I can do my bit to push these lads, because, you know, they're all, the majority of them are incredible, incredible lads. Raj Pallet, who's just come in, he's a, he's a top he's a top lad. Harry Vaughan, who came through, was great. Ollie Green, he's a, he's a sound fella. 
Jim they're Sims. All, they're all <laughs> Jim Sims. They're all they're all good players in their own right, and they're the future of the football club. So I think us giving them the exposure where where other mainstream sources work is uh, it's something I really really want to push. Mm-hmm. But what about Jaden Chibenga? I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. think he's real. He's uh, a very good attacker, very skillful, and he will be in the under twenty ones. He's playing a few games. <laughs> cool. I, like I think he's a quality player. I mean, I don't know you about what he's done. I have I've seen highlights, and I know if he's what is it, 17, <laughs> <laughs> if he's seventeen and he's playing for the under twenty ones, uh, the academy managers must think. He's uh, special. And he's on a, on a road to a pro deal as well. So there you go. Interesting. I, I don't really know what's going on. So I think we should move on <laughs> to the to the next match. Uh, so it should be a difficult game. It'll be interesting with Rossini going up against Wayne Rooney, who used to be his boss at Derby. Uh, so I'll just go around all of us. Will, uh, how do you think that's going to go against Birmingham on Wednesday? Is it an opportunity to get three points? Oh, definitely it's an opportunity to get three points. It's going to be interesting because under John Eustace, I would have said this game would have been a tricky one because they're in, they were in decent form. And for, uh, under Rooney, who hasn't got the best track record, um, obviously when he was at Derby, he did all right with Derby, but they, he couldn't do much to stop him from getting relegated. He, uh, he was kind of had his hands tied behind his back. And I've heard, I've heard if it's true, but I've also I've heard a few things that I've said that Rossini and the, the other coaching staff there were kind of the actual ones who were doing a lot of the work behind the scenes, and Rooney was kind of the, just the face of it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, mean, I didn't see them against any of their stuff against Middlesbrough, but I saw statistically like Middlesbrough dominated the game. They looked in a good side, but Middlesbrough have bounced back from their poor start. Oh, and yeah. um, but I think it'll be a tricky game. But I think well, all, all games away should uh, really relatively tricky games. But I think this loss will make the team sort of give them a bit of fire to correct it. And I think it's we're playing them at a good time where Rooney hasn't had a chance to fully implement yeah. whatever tactics he has. Yeah, I think that if you second manager when they were doing well, the team is more likely to be like, well, why did you do that rather than motivated by the new manager possibly although of course you don't think it's going to be a tricky game you think we're going to win 3-0 I don't think we're going to win 3-0 we are going to win 3-0 ah, okay all right well Ant hopefully a sensible answer out of you then yeah I mean I was, ta- I was talking to a couple of Birmingham fans on it online and they were saying that the John Eustace thing as much as it surprised the rest of the league didn't surprise the Birmingham fans so yes they were in the top six but the performances were questionable and they kind of got through games luckily so it sounds to me like it was i think our comparison would be the good start we had under avaladzi where we were doing really well in the league but you were looking at performances and going something's not quite right and that was the same with eustace and they signed a lot of attacking players in the summer uh players like ethan laid it right back that's really good going forwards and they've not really played in an attacking way to get the best out of them um i mean you would argue that obviously results are the main point and they are in the top six so obviously it's harsh that way but they believe Rooney's going to be the man to get that attacking football that they all want to see. And obviously, he's Tom Brady's best mate and he's involved in the hierarchy. So it's just one of those where they've, they've done it for that reason, I'd imagine. And it, it seems a bit more profitable in terms of, you know, when Rooney's the manager of the club, it gets him a bit more interest nationally and all that kind of stuff. But 
like you say, he's not had much time to do what he wants with that team. I think Birmingham are probably above where they will end up this season. Um, and for me, like you say, we're looking at a response now. It's no win in the last four. So we need to be going to Birmingham. And I hope that you, with them being at home, Rooney's first home game, they're going to hopefully try and go for the win, which obviously we know we're best at. Uh, we're, we're at our best when, when that happens and we can hit them on the counter and get that win and sort of get that momentum back that we, we'd lost. So I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with the 1-0 City. Second clean sheet of the season. Mm. Oh, do you mean Third. the whole City? Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, Joe, do you agree that this is a good time to play Birmingham? Because uh, it could go either way. I wholeheartedly agree that this is a good time to play Birmingham. Um, well, I, I very rarely do midweek away games, but I'm going to this one and I've got a... Um, <laughs> Love that, Lucas. Um, and like, I very rarely do these games, and I've got to be up uh, well for a meeting at eight thirty-five the next morning. So that's not going to be true. Um, a meeting which I didn't know about until last week. So that that's fun, but it it'll, it'll be fine. I hope I go into that meeting tired but smiling after a win, and I think this is the best time to play Birmingham. Uh, Middlesbrough had a poor start and saw them off uh, yesterday. And I think we can, despite a recent negative run of results, I think we can, I think we can get through them. I, I'm not sure that, um, Alex, come on. Um, <laughs> He's asked if he's meeting Jaden Chibanga oh. for audio listeners. <laughs> oh, this is this is uh, this, that's uh, that hasn't thrown me off at all, has it? You're gonna um, have to explain this at some point. I will explain this at some point, yes. and I'll, I'll yeah. explain it in confidence of it, it not being recorded uh, because for other people <laughs> involved, they don't want to be airing dirty laundry in public, but um, <laughs> but we'll get the clicks. Anyway, you're going to go to a meeting, hopefully, with a positive victory. With, from with a positive but tired face. And I think we will be able to get past Birmingham and return to winning ways. Hopefully, James Barlong plays because, you know, I'm taking credit for that. I also predicted Lakilo to start. So that was my idea. I'm claiming that. Yeah. OK. Uh, Sam, do you think that this could be a case that if Birmingham start well, they'll be motivated under the new manager or if it, we start well, maybe the fans will get sort of a bit confused with the, or, you know, a bit cautious about the new management? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, but um, I, I do think it's a good time for us to, to play at Birmingham. Obviously, what, what the fuck was that? Under... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just carry on, carry on. Nothing happened. Under... <laughs> Under... Oh, I swear. Thank God. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah, that's the one there. Wayne Rooney. Uh, under Wayne Rooney, it was uh, it's probably a good time because obviously he's a, he's a new manager with the team. He's uh, still learning the team, so I do think we can maybe uh, get a result out of that. And I, uh, <laughs> I do hope we can. Yeah, well, I hope so too. Marcus, thoughts and uh, little prediction, perhaps. Um, well, for me, I think this is a perfect time for Liam Rossini to prove himself uh, against his former boss. I mean, if he wins, that'll be masses for his 
self-esteem as well as the players' confidence. I mean, we need a win. Um, Birmingham last season was my favourite away day. The Pyros, Oscar scoring late, the atmosphere. And I think it probably doesn't mean a lot, but, you know, with Birmingham's new stadium renovations, they haven't got as much fans in as they want. So mm -hmm. hopefully we can bring a good atmosphere, outsing the Birmingham fans, give the players the confidence they need. And for my, in my opinion, the players play better away because the fans aren't booing them constantly. If we're playing it round the back at home, the fans are on the backs, booing, shouting, especially the West End, which is close to Liam Rossini. And then it just spoils the whole game for me. Whereas away, the fans back the players. We take an early lead, bit back. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm going to go 1-0. Um, and I think Philogene will get a goal. Because um, mm -hmm. he, he's just quality. How we've got him, even if it's 5 million, that is a bargain of 5 million. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to go against what everyone has said here. I think this is probably a bad time to play Birmingham because they've just got a new manager. And they lost the last game in the last minute. And if we're saying we lost in the last minute and that will motivate us, should motivate them as well. So... We haven't lost two games in a row under a senior. I think that's right. Yep. Tiny bit concerned that record could go. I mean, Birmingham, I, I, I am surprised. Sim similar with Ipswich, I just, I don't associate them with being good. So I still don't understand how they're seventh in the table, I think, because they're usually, they're like the Sunderland or the Wigan or Everton now, you know, of the championship. They're always just about to stay up. And um, so they just stink up the place. I don't like Birmingham. But um, I think it might be kind of difficult, but I, I, I can't go with a City defeat. I think I'll predict 1-1. One, one. Shooting violence in the time, you'll just... <laughs> what, what did Birmingham do to you? Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham have stayed up just the last few... Basically, similar to what they've done, it's brought up you know, bad memories. I didn't like that they sacked Rowett. Uh, years ago when they were just outside the playoffs because they thought that they could do better. Uh, and, they, and they got Zola. Then they lost about 20 games in a row because they overestimated themselves. They should have been happy with eighth because they're a rubbish club. Um, and they've well, done Birmingham, the same. But Birmingham's the home of Brum, the greatest car that ever yeah, existed. They're in the shadow of Aston Villa tin pot. <laughs> Uh, Preston and Birmingham this week. The next two games we're playing Preston and Birmingham, hating both dull clubs. Sorry, I'm usually you, quite you'll never nice. be on another Gabe Sutton, the Gabe Sutton show ever again. <laughs> well, yeah, but he talk. I can talk about the rest of the championship with him, so that's fine. But I, yeah, Avoid it's just the whole entire concept of Birmingham. Yeah, I. How yeah, dare I you slag off Noddy Holder? Sorry, I'm just not into not into Birmingham really. So, uh, we should be we should be putting teams like this to the sword. I'm going to say five nil. <laughs> so you look, look. Sometimes, sometimes people can just. Sometimes on podcasts, people can just be controversial for the sake of it. But I, th I seriously think that if we don't be beating teams like Birmingham, Rosinia should go. <laughs> <laughs> the 5-0 Birmingham prediction sounds like the thing that comes out of Marcus's mouth just when we're having a general conversation 8-0 when Bournemouth won 8-0 yeah do what Bournemouth no, not did again. six years ago yeah but uh, if, so, it's an, if it's another 8-0 at least I'll be at this game yeah yeah quite right so will, will, will you've gone 3-0 and 
Did you say one nil to City? Yeah. Joe, did we get a, an official prediction from you? You didn't, but I can give you one. Two nil Go City. On. Two nil City. All right, Sam. Uh, you said two nil City. Two nil, and then Marcus. One nil City. So we've all said a win. That's and a clean sheet. We just lost to Southampton, and we were rubbish. But well, we should have been things complaining. Uh, yeah, uh, we're all delusional then, I guess. Yeah, Leo's agreeing with me there. Five nil. Great. Yeah, Richard thinking the Chibanga thing is a play on words. So I hope not. Because I've said it. Go past it. Stop bringing it up. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I think. Uh, I mean, Joe, you've come on the podcast before and you've done a lot of promotion, but I'll just let the the three guests here at the bottom, you know, promote their own work for a little bit. Okay. Um... So, first of all, we'll keep it podcast liaised for now. Uh, all the Academy writing you'll see on the To Hold and Back website is written by myself, as was mentioned earlier. So you can check that out. What's the web address? And is it T H A B P? Literally, the initials of the podcast. It's yeah, it's not ideal, but it's it's. If you're dyslexic, you'll have a nightmare. But it's it's that's what it is. So aside from that. Uh, YouTube stuff, city news, previewing, vlogs, reactions, the lot um, via the YouTube channel. Oh, Grandpa Joe, uh, it's me waffling into a camera for 10 minutes every week. What can possibly go wrong? Everything. This is us normally waffling into a camera for an hour every week. And the intro <laughs> always goes wrong, so that's fine. Um, and then on Twitter, you can find me, uh, the username displayed underneath my name there old underscore grandpa joe if you want to go follow me on instagram as well to see um instagram story rants about f1 uh and pictures of me wearing this beautiful tracksuit that is old underscore grandpa dot joe great well, people who've been watching the video will see that Sam is uh, from Tiger's Newsroom and you're on all sorts of platforms. So you want to just tell us about a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, basically I just sit and I, I make pictures and I, and I post them to Instagram. That is basically it. No, but uh, I, I, do, I do graphics and I uh, post about news and uh, all, sorts, all sorts really. If you want to find my stuff, it's uh, at Tiger's Newsroom on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. That's about it. Awesome. And then, Marcus, you're the hard boy, aren't you? I am. I don't want to plug myself too much. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to come on here. Uh, it's been it's been a true pleasure. Um, yeah, no, it's been fantastic chatting with you all. Great, great. Well, I think this has been uh, an episode with no no technical difficulties at all, just completely perfect <laughs> all the way through, very serious. And if well, you want more serious content, you can come back next week as well. Will, yeah. Do you want to add something um, nice to that? I mean, it's been a hundred episodes. Should we rant about Grant McCann and Malik Wilkes at some point? Well, Wilkes has really, his career's really gone down the hill. I think he's only played twice for Sheffield Wednesday this season and they're the worst championship team, you know, like has ever, been I think, at this point. Leo's loving this. Yeah, it's been interesting. Is Leo a Wilkes fan? Leo is absolutely head of Malik Wilkes fan club, which has two members. <laughs> oh, I think that's very weird, being really sort of devoted about one bad Hull City winger. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. 
And my tune. Would never have been a fan. Malik did no. tell me he watched my vlogs though, so he, he he's got respect for that. That was two weeks after I said at Huddersfield away a couple of years ago. Malik Wilkes has been complete and utter shite this season. I don't understand. <laughs> plays ninety minutes every week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do. I do, I do miss the good I do miss what I do. He was. He was. Those were fun. Towards the end of his City career, he was just yeah. Like, yeah, you, you can understand why he's kind of just disappeared because his attitude stinks, doesn't it? And if he's had a bad time with injuries, it's a shame because he had such potential. But there we go. That's my last yeah. Molly Wilkes. Oh, see, that actually wasn't Ant saying that live. That was just a recording of what we used to say yeah, every single week. Yeah, that was from the very first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, before this episode just uh, devolves into complete anarchy, Will, I'm going to get you to click the, the, uh, the exit video and I'm going to thank everyone for commenting and liking. And we'll be back for another fantastic episode next week after an 8-0 drubbing uh, at Birmingham uh, for us or them. Hopefully for them. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.